Welcome to another episode of Slasher Supreme, continuing on with the Black and White Fright Fest for the entire month of October. Last week was my personal favorite uh, classic horror movie, The Wolfman. Today with me, I have a special guest star. I guess I would call him my sound guy. He's made a couple themes for me. Uh, he's also made themes for me and Marcus when we did Charlie's Room, uh, Bill Stout. Hello, everybody. Bill today had picked uh, Cat People from 1942. Uh, you got anything to say about it before we get into it? Yes. For starters, so you all know, I hate horror movies. Can't stand gore, can't stand all the blood and guts and all that. So when Chris said, hey, we're doing black and white, I said, yes, I can find something old that's not going to make me poop myself <laughs> or throw up. So Cat People was it. Yes. He actually you went from do a Captain Dr. Caligari, Nosferatu, Freaks, and then Cat People. Yes, I watched of- four in... in- we were Preparation. To, we were trying to figure out something. So yes, you settled on cat people. So <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> let's get into the review, shall we? Yes, we shall. People from 1942 was directed by Jacques Torner. I think I pronounced that correctly. I'm sorry if I butchered the shit out of it. I'm going to assume I did. Anyways, the plot for Cat People is basically we follow a woman named Irene and her husband, Oliver, as they are starting their relationship off. We first meet them when they're kind of flirting with each other to boyfriend and girlfriend to then marriage. The only problem is, is Irene is from... I don't think they ever specify where she's originally Serbia, from. Serbia, I believe, is what they said. Was it? I can't... Yeah. That sounds foreign yeah. enough for me. Um, but she has... The, from. She's from a village, and their superstitions is that um, the, any woman from that... Or woman from that village, when she happens to find somebody, if she loves them and embraces them, she will then turn into a cat person and is destined to then kill them. So... This is very, as me and you were talking, is very forward for 1940s standards because this film actually deals quite a bit with um, infidelity. infidelity and sexual attraction because they can't consummate their marriage because Irene is afraid she's going to end up killing Oliver because she's afraid she will turn into a cat person, which then, of course, leads to infidelity because they're one of their close friends happens to confess her love to Oliver and is trying to kind of hint at, you know leaving Irene for herself at which herself being Alice or just sleeping with her while she's still with <laughs> I never Irene. really caught that being said but, but you know it sure sounded like well again the whole thing just the fact that they first meet and she invites him up into her apartment for tea yeah I was quite, I'm like, wait a minute, this is 1942, what's going on here? Yeah, I was very forward with it, and then after that, I mean, we kind of made jokes about it, because it, it, it kind of time skipped, but like the next thing, they're like, we love each other, and we're like, wait a minute, it's like been seven minutes in the movie, yeah. and then it cuts, I mean, of course, it cuts further into the future when they're getting married, but it's like, alright, 15 minutes of screen time means they're married, but 
it was yeah it's very forward because yeah it's dating right there they're like already in the house together and then you know kind of gets in those talks of like i want to be everything miss uh, you know i can't remember his last name i think it was mr miss oliver reeves, harper reeves, reeves. reeves something yeah like she's that. like i want to be everything mrs you know reeves means and you know, of course it goes into that conversation which they don't explicitly say that but you kind of get it and actually as me and you were talking about it um the more we stick with Oliver, the more you can kind of feel the stress and tension that he's feeling. So it kind of like weirdly comes on to you because there was a point where he, you can tell he's frustrated and just stressed out in that kind of format. And you're like, I feel kind of pissed right now for some weird reason. Yeah, and I thought it was funny because they never actually, for all as forward as this movie was, they never actually used the term that they could not consummate the marriage. Yeah. Which I thought was really strange. That, but they talked about how, you know... Yeah, there was so much other... Well, I'm, I don't know... Again, I'm not a cinephile, but the bathtub scene where they show her naked back and all that. I thought that was pretty racy for a 1942 movie. Maybe, yeah. I'm, maybe I don't know enough I mean, about it. Even um, Alice, when she was in her bathing suit, swimming too, that was kind of... I mean, there was kind of some of that. Like I think... I can't remember when Creature of the Black Lagoon came out. But I mean, that probably came after. But still, I mean... I think it was just a year or two after, actually. But, see, yeah, seeing something like that was kind of a little much. But, uh, which leads into, I guess, a fun fact, which I don't want to get into right now, because uh, it involves kind of the themes. But, yeah, uh, I had to, took my normal notes here about being forward. But it had a lot of interesting background, like, kind of imagery going on. We see, like, me and you talked about a lot of, you could see, like, kind of foreshadowing with the cats, always in the background of, the animals freaking out like you even pointed out there's a scene where she's getting ready to pet her bird and it's freaking the fuck out and i never noticed it you caught it because the bird's in the corner of the cage trying to get away mm-hmm. from irene of course being able to sense that she is spoilers if you haven't seen this film a cat <laughs> <laughs> granted this is from 42 so it's been out for a while yeah but yeah you could uh, see that i i wish they had developed the story a bit more in the sense that her accent, and I know if it was a put-on accent or if it was her true accent, but it was hard to understand her. I actually had that down in here. Oh, did you? Yeah, because I mean, you were talking about is she? Uh, the scenes with her with Irene are very hard to hear. We have to turn up the TV quite a bit just because of her accent. It's very, it's a very thick accent. And again, I don't know if it's her true, yeah, speaking voice or you know her true accent or if that's just like a put-on. But it was very rough. To kind of sit through. Just the fact that they only went through this, the backstory like one time with that thick accent, and it just was a little little difficult to follow because I thought it was kind of an interesting backstory. They just didn't play it up. Yeah, it was like a, I'm trying to think the entire backstory because it was kind of hard to catch, but I, something about uh, King. The way I understood it, they had, like in their village, there was one group of people who were evil. These were the women that turned into cats and devoured their husband, etc. And then the king come in and drove, and I can't, I can't, the Marmalukes or something is what they called them, but he drove them out, and of course some of them survived up in the mountains and all that. Yeah. And that was pretty much all the backstory you got, except for the fact that she pretty much couldn't bang her husband, because if she did, she was going to eat him. Yeah. Kind of a Black Widow spider kind of thing. Which... It was neat seeing that as well because when they first started out, um, like their relationship, she was very like, no, trying to be like somewhat sweet about it. 
but you can kind of see the more and more like they kind of got into that marriage like marital disarray where they were fighting you just see her more and more like almost kind of fully accept that because there's scenes like i mean i know you know this you know you just don't get what i'm talking about but um she kind of has like this darker atmosphere around her where in the beginning of the film of course it's black and white but she, all of her clothes are almost white i mean in yeah. But as the film progresses, she's wearing almost all black. I never noticed that, but yeah. you're right. She's wearing like all black, and then she also has like this presence of just don't mess with me. Um, there's a scene where she corners Alice in the pool, as I was talking about, and she just has this facial expression of she's not happy and cheerful. She's like dead in the face. And it's kind of like a really tough put on of stay away from me and my husband because she is of course Irene of course on this point knows that Alice is trying to take her man take her man away from her and it's funny because now that you're pointing that out I'm, I'm thinking back and going oh right he's right because it did start out she was like in the, the gray dress drawing a picture yeah always happy and then yeah and then you know of course when I'm trying to think it was a scene when he told her that he was in love with Alice yeah and she's muffled into the couch talking. And That's she's later talking. on, though. But she's talking about she likes isolation. And she likes the darkness. Yeah, it's earlier warm. she talked about the darkness. Yeah. Found it comforting. And then in this, yeah, that's kind of weird. So I guess there was some foreshadowing that I missed completely. Um, another thing is, while the movie's going on, of course, Oliver's trying to help his wife. He loves her. He's like, look, those are just fables from your childhood. You're not going to kill me and turn into a cat. You'll be fine. Then they go to a psychologist that happens to be one of their close friends, who's also friends with Alice, so it's like this little group. And we also kind of get some, well, interest, he's an interesting character, um, Dr. Lewis. I wonder if that's close to, like, I wonder if that they got the idea for Dr. Lewis from that for Halloween. I don't know. That's a, that, that's a weird tangent anyway. I was <laughs> going to say, yeah. yeah that's... That was not going to that. Um, but Dr. Lewis um, tries to help. Uh, Irene out by, you know, putting her under kind of like a sleep spell, just, you know, getting everything I believe they said that he was using hypnosis, was what they said officially. But they lead to a lot more things because, of course, she freaks out, doesn't go back. But it's interesting because he starts making very weird advances towards her. After that one um, encounter, she, he, of course, ends up meeting her again. He says, look, you won't come to me. I'll come to you while you're because she always has this fascination with this Black Panther. I'm kind of jumping a lot, but she has this fascination with this Black Panther in the zoo that they live close to. So he goes and sees her, and he starts saying some things that are very off-putting. He's like, look, you told me a lot of things when you were in your sleep. A lot. I know a lot about you that you don't even know about yourself. So he's, he makes some very charged advances towards her that she, of course, off-puts. But yet again, as the film progresses with this whole theme of kind of infidelity... It soon comes to light towards the end, which I guess we'll get into spoilers here with that. Um, Loomis corners her and then kisses her, which then kind of... The... I, he was an asshole. <laughs> yeah. I hated him like I hated Michael Bell. <laughs> <laughs> You're making a red dead joke. I mean, yeah. it did come out in October, so yeah. Uh, but, yeah, he corners her and kisses her, which then it also kind of... The one thing that brings this up is it... The whole fable is that she has to love the person. That's how I understood it. For her to turn into a cat and then kill people, but she turns into a cat quite a bit, I guess to protect Oliver because she loves him, but at the same time, she hasn't kissed him, so why she turn into a cat? And then she, of course, destinedly kills the doctor because he kissed her and she embraced him, which then but we... I don't... But I... 
I don't think she embraced him because if you look, she was stiff as a board the entire time. Her lips never moved or anything. He was the one initiating yeah. all of the, the contact. And I thought it was a little, what's, I'm, I'm, I don't know the word, is it incontinent? It wasn't a continue. It didn't. Yeah, it didn't fold the con- like the lore that they had the continuity yeah. lore they put. Yeah, it, it yeah. seemed to contradict what Which, they originally said. Yet again, going back to that, it is very forward for the 1940 standards because this is a married woman making a, a kissing a you know, or at least this guy's kissing her. Woman yeah, and trying to start something else. I mean, even beforehand, I know we keep jumping through this movie a lot, but it keeps bringing <laughs> things back up. There is a scene where Oliver. And Alice have already committed their, you know, said that they loved each other. Dr. Lewis is talking to them, saying, look, if you want to divorce Irene, here's what I can do as a doctor. I can put her in, you know, put her under observation. That's the doctor in me can do. But the friend in me could say, hey, divorce her, because she's not your problem anymore. Yeah, have your marriage annulled. Yeah, have your marriage annulled. And it's weird thinking about that, because by that point, I kind of caught on to it. You didn't. He wanted Irene for himself, so he's basically saying, "Hey, look, divorce her so that I can have her." Yeah, he's pretty. He's much, like yeah. trying to under. Yeah, he's like trying to slide in very sneakily. So that you know, sneak sneakily. Um, that's, that's a good word for this. Yeah, sure. He's trying to slide in there. <laughs> We're talking about a movie where a woman turns into a cat. So sneakily, that, yeah, it fits. <laughs> yeah. It's all pretend. Um, which then, of course, we back to the ending. <laughs> yeah, of course. Well, I just yeah the scene like that where. Just the doctor himself. There was just always that weird vibe about the guy. So, like, by the time the movie was at the end, yeah, I was happy to see him get killed. I mean, it, you know, it was made some like, very weird comment. I mean, that he was just, a condescending prick, and he was very snarky about a lot of things. Yes, he was. Um, he did. Yeah, of course, she kisses him, or he kisses her. She turns into a cat, and then mauls him, <laughs> basically. Which, there's, I know this movie came out in 1940 and we're in modern times, but there were some scenes where we just could not help but laugh because this is some of the line delivery. After he got mauled, they're all like, we called the cops immediately and we're like, so And those five, two women are so proud of themselves. Yeah, they're like, five seconds. And then they touch the dead body that's in the apartment like you're contaminating the evidence. And then... Well, but, but then Oliver and his paramour leave the apartment with the dead body. Cops haven't shown up, you know. I yeah. Mean, and, All of that confused me. And I know I'm trying. I'm thinking about this movie not in the movie sense, but in like the logical sense. But like, who's not going to notice? That, like, who's not going to question why it looks like a goddamn jungle cat fucking butchered this man in the apartment? Because it's, she's supposed to be like a panther kind of. So who would notice? Yeah, like, yeah. The mauling. Yeah. Again, it's it's. I'm sure in 1942 it was terrifying. Yeah. I mean. This um, another reason you picked this movie. It's, it has the very first jump scare ever in wow. film history. That's what I read. Yeah, and um, I thought it was really well delivered. I thought it was very good. Um, it's a very long tracking shot of Alice in kind of like this dark stalking scene. Yeah, a dark stalking scene, kind of like under a tunnel. You think? I mean, or was that else? Kind of like I thought it was, I thought it was like a tunnel. Yeah. It's a very long scene, of course, it's in black and white, so you get those scenes where she's out of sight in the darkness, and then, you know, that one, like, lamp post. so it's a very, you can almost picture the scene, it's just very quiet, and all of a sudden, it's just the roar of a bus, and it's very neat, because I caught on to it, and so did Bill, but it sounds like a jaguar roar when the bus pulls up. Yeah, I, well, I, I, again, one of the things that you pointed out that was making us laugh, during the stalking scene, 
both women are in high heels. The one just walking, strolling home. Yeah, Alice is so cool. not making much noise. But Irene sounds like a guy. She sounds like a horse. It's so weird. <laughs> and then it's like, okay. And it seems like Alice doesn't notice until she stops. Which we're assuming she transformed into a panther and was yeah, stalking her on Irene balls. did, yeah. And which, again, I thought she had to kiss and embrace a guy to do that, but... She just turned into a panther when the hell ever, whenever so... Whenever she wanted to, I guess, although it's contradicting. Either way, it was still an entertaining movie. I thought it was pretty good for... Some of it, I don't know, I guess, would it... Would it I mean, there's negatives with it, like we said, the actress with her very thick accent. Um, I don't think that was a negative. I thought that was good. It just made some of the scenes very hard to kind of... That's where I say I wish they had somebody else sort of emphasizing the backstory a bit, repeating it to somebody else a different time, something, because if that was a put-on accent, she did a damn good job maintaining it the entire time. I mean... Because apparently in the movie, although it was only 72 minutes, like several years passed because they met, they got engaged, they got married. I mean, uh, all within what, 15 minutes of screen time? Yeah, 15 time? minutes of screen time, and then it was just them dealing with the marital issues of, of Oliver's just kind of like, when's this going to happen? Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's trying so hard to not be upset. <laughs> but... Because, I mean, basically, this, I mean, this is a very, I mean... It a lot of sexual frustration was... Yeah, yeah, a lot of I sexual mean, frustration and sexual undertones with a film from the 1940s, which is surprising because every time you think of the 1940s, most of that stuff is kind of, like, behind closed doors, kept out of public light and everything like that. And, you know, we have a film talking about, you know, the fighting of a marriage. Yeah. The, the, what happens, I guess, in a sexless marriage, and then when temptation comes in from, you know, elsewhere... One of the things I found, like you talked about Irene's, or Irene, I'm not sure they pronounced it in the movie, but her accent being so thick, one of the things I absolutely hated was how they had the women talk. Just like Alice, you know, or like the scene where they're at the pool and the lady on the phone. I can't, I can't do it. I can't do the, the, it was just the way they spoke. Just bugged the snot out of me. It's like they're trying to do a tough guy. Oh, they're like... I get what you mean. Yeah, I can't. I can't remember I any of the lines. Yeah, but it was just like when you hear like the tough guys. Where I was like, yeah, yeah. See, those those women sounded like that. That same kind of delivery, you know. Yeah. Yeah, toots or whatever. It's like what the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for you know. Yeah, those dames over there or whatever. Um, there. Uh, speaking of, uh, so we went through the positives. I know I touched on like a negative with that, and just kind of the nitpicky stuff, or not all the nitpicky stuff. It was some other things I wanted to nitpick, but I'm going to be that guy. So yes, the uh, the accent was kind of a, uh, a downer a bit, just because of it made some scenes hard. And now the nitpicky side of me. So the, at this at, at the zoo that they're at that has the panther. There is this janitor <laughs> that Irene talks to, like, every now and then, you know, he'll, like, quote Bible verses at her and all this. So, is, there's a little, like, underside with the plot that's very, it, it ties together. But this janitor leaves, he's cleaning the cages. Actually, this leads to two nitpicks. He's cleaning the cages. He's actually cleaning in front of the cages. In front of the cages, and then sweeping some of this stuff off the cages. So, first thing I want to nitpick. When Alice is... Taking uh, she after she kills or not Alice Irene after she kills her bird, um, she takes it to this panther, 
<laughs> it's so. It's it was such a good. Scene. It's so. Uh, she's so bad. It. You can tell it's a fake bird, so let's just not. I'm not. Don't take me for that. But she chucks it like she's like throwing a kid, like a, a little baseball to a kid. She like underhand lobs it, and it's like that was your pet bird. Like come on, and it leads to, to the panther. And she feeds it to the panther. And here's the thing that confuses the shit out of me: is she throws it underneath the cage. There's like an opening. How is that safe? I know there's like a guardrail, but still, the janitor is up next to Cage. At any moment, the panther could have come up and just clawed the shit out of him. Yeah, to kind of set it up, it's like like a, like any zoo, you know, there's a railing where the people can stand, and there's a three-foot space between that and railing the and cage. the cages. The and this kid's in there sweeping up, you and know, the kid, and he leaves the keys in the cage That's my nitpick. That's my next <laughs> nitpick, is after, not even that, so he cleans it, the Fucking Panther could have mauled him at any point. Just Reached came right up there, up the case. swiped him, and killed him. You know, just fucking disembowel him at any point. <laughs> but the other thing is, I guess he cleans the cages. Like they go back inside the building, even though there was no like gating or anything. Well, so, if you look, there was a little. Okay, thing. there was. Yeah. I didn't. I guess I didn't see that. But I was about to say, I'm like, did he just run in there and clean it with the Panther? <laughs> yeah. So here's my big nitpick. He leaves the keys in the door with the Panther. So at any point, some weirdo or some fucking random kid could just open the door because it's unlocked because the keys are in it. And then Irene gets the key, takes it over to him, and he says, Oh, yeah, I'm always leaving those. <laughs> and I'm like, how the fuck do you forget keys that locks the door to a deadly animal like that? At any point, that could be like almost a good ten people could have got killed because he was just forgetting shit. And it was it was one of the things, because, of course, because it was made so long ago. Oh, nice. Uh, it's like, was that meant to be human? Were, were some of these, was it meant to be funny? Yeah. Or was it supposed to be comic relief? I don't know. I mean, I've not read enough about the movie to know that, but... But, I mean... It was so extra... I don't see how it could be anything but it, comic it, relief. She was so calm with him. She's like, you forgot these. And he's just <laughs> like... Almost like three suits, like almost smacked himself in the head, like, oh yeah. fuck, I forgot those again. Once again, I'm such a dumbass. <laughs> like, how do you forget Panther keys? Thank God you didn't open the cage. You might have got killed. <laughs> yeah. So that leads to our final plot point with this, just to kind of, or I guess the ending to the. I know I've been nitpicking. Um, Irene, of course, gets the keys to the Panther. Um, during her kind of fight with Doctor Lewis, she gets stabbed by his cane sword because apparently he's a pimp but anyways <laughs> she gets stabbed by his cane sword she leaves the hotel we get the whole scene where you know Oliver and Alice are there you know see Lewis's dead body so they of course figure out in their head oh my god she really is a fucking cat person let's go get Irene they go to Irene um, didn't bring any cops or any weapons no, no, or nothing no nothing just gonna go check on my cat lady wife um <laughs> Um, Irene, of course, gets to the zoo right after that. She opens the cage of the Black Panther. She dies. Yeah, as the camp... Because at first it looks like the panther is shying away from her. Yes. Like it's afraid. And then he leaps and knocks her down. And... And then you describe... She dies. You describe (laughs) her. She... She she's dead there, which is a very uh, a very interesting callback. I'm gonna get into that in a minute. It's a very interesting callback because at the beginning of the film, Irene is painting a drawing of a panther with a sword through it. So it kind of ties into this because she's laying on the ground and you see a sword through her. And of course, the panther gets then um, it kind of there's a I'm trying to think of the quote beforehand. 
there's a few quotes that open and cap in the movie, and it's um, talking about both parts of her dying. Of course, right there, her human part died. Human mm-hmm. part, you know, was given away from the wounding of a sword. The next part we kind of laughed about because it's fucking out there. So the panther knocks her over and runs away. And then get hit by a fucking car. And I happened to make the joke because it was... Because so, it was true. Yeah, and she gets hit. <laughs> and the guy gets out like, he just is like, what, that was a big fucking raccoon I just hit. And then they realize it's a panther. And they show the panther and it's on the ground dead and there's fucking tire, tire tracks in it. it. And you're like, oh my God. What the hell? Look at this one out. That was out of nowhere. I didn't think they'd show the dead panther body. <laughs> And then they went through the time to put the fucking tire imprints on the dead body. It was it's so fucking cheesy. It was awesome. <laughs> Just like, what the fuck? I was more freaked out by her, the dead panther with the Looney Tunes tire tracks on it. And then, uh, so that's the panther part of her dying. Hilariously, yeah. I guess. Which... I didn't realize there was two parts of her. I didn't. That I wasn't I, really the cat part and then the human part. Yeah, so. but I don't remember that in the backstory anywhere. Yeah, I never. I guess I it's, thought that was she was supposed to be both. I guess like the whole like the one where they're like it's your soul or whatever. So I guess like the body was dying, so her soul was the panther that ended up. That might have been getting killed they by. They didn't a talk about that with the psychiatrist. Yeah, which, I mean, at least her. Her body went out in an interesting way. She got stabbed. So now we know where that bitch that wrote Harry Potter stole that idea from. <laughs> God. So, <laughs> so, yeah, her human body died by getting stabbed and dying there in the cold. And her soul got ran over by a Model T. So <laughs> that's makes it sound less interesting. <laughs> what do you think about I'm just, it? I'm trying to, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about it because a panther. Yeah. They're kind of tall. And car's <laughs> bumpers are pretty low. So I'm still not sure. Did the cat jump off the wall and just lay the butt down in the road? <laughs> I'm not seeing how the active cat got run over the way it was depicted. Because it was supposed to be fast and cunning. And it gets... And it, it doesn't even make it very far. It makes it over, like, the wall. Yeah, like, it goes, it's, like, like right... <laughs> Yeah, it goes like 10 to 15 feet over the wall behind her and well, gets fucking plowed. I guess it's life in a cage. We didn't expect it to know about traffic and the dangers that it imposes. <laughs> yeah, so... Yeah, I highly recommend, recommend I do, movie. too. It's a very good movie. Because but. it's funny, and you can look back, and I don't, again, I don't know a whole lot about movies, but you can see some of the, the techniques that they were using and stuff, and I yeah. thought it was really cool. Like the jump scare and then like the stalking scene and all that. And compare that with what horror movies I have seen previously. Not very many. <laughs> well, not very many, but I'm just saying as yeah. far as so much of it's the same, it's just gotten gorier. Yeah. You know, because when I watched Nesferatu, there was a scene in there and I'm looking, I'm like going, oh, wow, that's Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. I mean, that just I was noticing this very similar same thing with the cat theme. I just thought it was really neat because I went back. I'm like, okay, this is black and white. It's pretty good. It's not very well. And it just makes me wonder, were all movies back then not well developed like that? I mean... And have we come that far in movie making that <laughs> we actually have plot lines that make sense most of the time? 
touching back on the ending with right with you said that um uh, with it's right after they find out that the panther has been run over irene uh oliver and alice happen to find irene's dead corpse and they're like they have this very small scene where they look at her and go i guess she was right and then they just turn around and walk off into the fog just leaving the dead body there. He doesn't, like, lean down and give her, like, a kiss, like, I'm sorry, my lover. Anything like that. He's just like, no oh. Mention. Again, just <laughs> like with their apartment, no mention of calling the police or anything. <laughs> just, yep. Him that and was Alex. another thing that my nitpick is, like, okay, they meet. She's drawing pictures of a panther or she's sketching. She's not an artist. He asked her, like, to go out for tea. She's like, no, or whatever. Then invites him to her apartment for tea. Then they get married, and they move into her apartment. Were they just too lazy to build another set? I mean, that goes into one of my fun facts. Like, we gotta, oh, yeah. okay. So, <laughs> I can't give all away my fun facts. I already gave one away. Sorry. Actually, no, I didn't. But That's uh, why you're the professional. <laughs> and I won't be back, folks, apparently. Oh, shut it down. <laughs> but, I mean, so uh, one out of ten, Would you? how would you rate this movie? For me, just as pure entertainment, I would say it's up there with a solid eight. How do you rate it as a horror movie? Since I know you have seen very few. Because I've seen very few horror movies, looking at it for what it was in the day, I would say it was probably a seven back then. Yeah. Had I watched something like this when I was a child, and you got to remember I'm like 30 years older than Chris, because like the Wolfman yeah. frightened me to death when I was a kid. So I'm sure something like this would have traumatized my little fucking childish ass just the same way. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm, I'm thinking entertainment-wise, that was a good solid eight. Horror flick-wise, for what it was, a seven. Now, maybe a negative three. Just because we've been laughing about it. Well, I mean, based on what horror flicks are now. Oh. How, how everything has gotten so much more technologically advanced. I gotcha. I'd say it's a good solid eight for me. Um, eight for me as entertainment, as a movie. It was a really good movie. I really liked it. I know we picked and joked about oh, some of the parts. Oh, but it was fun. Yeah, it was a really good movie. I mean, if, if we would have sat there quiet, we probably would have enjoyed it more. But, you know, just doing that gets kind of boring and we just happen to notice things. Um, Horror-wise, I mean, I can't really rate it like that, I guess, for me on a personal level, just because of what I've been doing. Yeah, and what was your first horror movie that you ever watched? <sighs> and th- just compare the first horror movie you ever watched this. I mean, really, I I would have to say, like, my first, first one that I can honestly think of was, I think, from 2004 called The Messengers, and it was about how, you know, like the, this is I'm kind of going off topic here a little bit, but um, It's unusual for you. Shut up. That's <laughs> uh, an inside joke. Um, you know how there's, like, that one sound that, like, the octaves where a kid can hear, like, a couple octaves higher than adults can. Okay. There's, like, that, you know, like, that mosquito thing that was really popular a while back where it was, like, it would start out low and then get higher at a certain point. So it was a thing that, it it was called The Messengers, and it was in this farmhouse, and the house was haunted. The only thing is the adults couldn't see it, only the kids can, because, Hmm. you know, kids are able to see and hear things more than adults can, so they were able to see the ghosts. So it's kind of like that, and I was kind of... I mean, it was a bad movie, but it was... Well, but still, just yeah. look at the, the production. Yeah, value, I mean, I guess, it went is what from... I'm talking about. Uh, so, yeah, I can see where you couldn't rate it as a horror flick, because for your mind, it's not a horror flick. I mean, I still... I mean, it's... Which I'm going to touch on when the outro about the horror movies and things like that. Um, 
I should have had something I was gonna say that was really neat. Uh, but anyways, yeah, as... Well, I wouldn't ruin that, did <laughs> No, it's alright. Now I'm gonna have guilt. Oh. <laughs> but, as a, yeah, as a movie, I would say it's an 8. I feel kind of bad kind of nitpicking it, but at the same time, it is something we I do. Anybody who watches it's gonna nitpick it, though. Yeah. But at least if they're having fun. So this is a, yeah, so you, oh, the question I was going to ask you, since it personally, I mean, I even mentioned it, I mean, Marcus mentioned it in my last review, how'd you feel about seeing this in HD? Did it look weird to you at all, I guess, because, you know, when you're seeing, like, a black and white film on TV, it has, like, that graininess to it, not yeah, the I clear no picture. Oh. That even means. oh, you know, you know what, I mean, just look like... Okay, folks, you got to remember, I'm a guy, I have no Netflix, I have no cable, I have no television... For me, if the television's on, it's usually interactive with, like, a video game. Oh. So, uh, when you say HD versus the normal black and white, if you was to show me side by side, I might notice the difference right now. I just watched the movie. <laughs> nice. Okay. kind of so, ruins your Yeah, your I was doing, there, I was doing another it? comparison, because... Uh, if you can make a comparison, go for it, but... And it's the same... Explain it to me. Um, so, trying to think here. We, when we were looking at Freaks... Yes. There was that one clip you showed, and it was kind of muddy looking, and it was very... Oh, uh, with the graininess. Yeah, the graininess. Kind of so would you rather prefer that, or would you rather prefer how clean this movie was, where it was like no grain, no kind I of muddy... I think the grainy would have made it actually a bit more scary. Really? I mean, that's just because everything was so clear for us. Yeah. It's kind of like, okay, I can see that's fake, or I can see this, whereas maybe in the past when it was more grainy things were more subdued. Yeah. You couldn't see it as well, so it made it a bit more... So I guess... In, interesting. It, would, you, would you have preferred to watch it in the kind of grainy than the HD footage? I don't, I'm off to see now if I can find a copy of it. That's grainy? Not, yeah. not HD? Yeah. Now, now you understand what I'm saying. Now yeah, I no, 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 I get it. Yeah. yeah. Because I think that's one of the things about Freaks that I enjoyed the most. It reminded me of the old school stuff. Just like... From, I mean, I don't know why, but it was like the scene right before the big finale thing yeah. where it's just showing the wagons going through in the rain. And just that graininess, for some reason, makes that scene, just that one shot, stand out so much. All right. Well, thank you for being on the show with me, Bill. I'm thank you for having the me. Outro. You want to do that with me, or would you rather not? You go ahead and do your thing. All right. Uh, see you guys in the outro. so much for listening to another episode of slasher supreme please like share favorite subscribe thumbs up or whatever you have to do to let me know you're out there listening if there's a certain video game or movie you'd like me to review please leave me a voice message here on anchor on the facebook or the instagram page if you don't follow me on facebook or instagram just look up slasher supreme podcast and you will find me today's fun fact is that cat people was actually filmed in only 18 days that is insane thinking about that and the film was such a hit, it stayed in theaters so long that critics that originally viewed the film that panned it were actually able to rewatch it and actually rewrote the reviews and gave it a, you know, rewrote them into a positive light. It's very interesting thinking about that. Um, I know what we talked about, kind of the adult, kind of the like, you know, cheating aspect of this film. I think that's one of the reasons why it stayed, you know, popular for so long because something like that was usually kept behind closed doors and this film kind of brought it out into the open. 
It's a very interesting thing to th you know, something to think about in regards to this film. So those are the two fun facts in regards to cat people. On next episode, those little you know sneak preview, uh, it'll be with Marcus as my guest, and we'll be talking over his two films, um, Frankenstein and Dracula. So I'm super excited, and I will see you guys next week. Let's keep being spooky and continue on with the Black, uh, Slasher Supremes Black and White Fright Fest. Thank you guys so much for listening. <laughs>